I'm Helen Marshall, and this is the Diary of a CLO. I hope no one's listening, but if you are, definitely share it. Jane is the Senior Vice President of Global Field Enablement at Salesforce and such a fabulous human being. Focused on a people-first approach and creating playgrounds for growth, Jane shares how she encourages people to reflect on what they've learned about themselves as opposed to what they've learned more generally. She also creates safe environments for failure and resilience building. Enjoy. Jane, hi and welcome to Diary of a CLO. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? I am great, thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. So Jane, I'm really interested to hear about you and your story and where you are now as Senior Vice President of Global Field Enablement for Salesforce. I know that you had a bit of a goal a few years ago that you wanted to work for Salesforce. And so how did you end up there and what's your background? Fantastic. Well, I have to say, first of all, I'm fangirl of the podcast though it's a privilege to be here and I've loved talking to you in preparation for this so yeah I am the leader of global field enablement at Salesforce nobody ever really knows what that means so just to give a bit of a background we are the number one CRM software company in the world and we have 20,000 people who are facing off with the field whether that be in sales or in customer success teams and my team is a group of trainers business partners coaches practitioners who work with those individuals to help them do what we want to be the best work of their lives. How do we make them super productive, super happy and drive customer success? So that's my team. I've been at Salesforce for six years, but I'll tell you a little bit about my background as I, as you said. So I actually grew up in a tiny village in North Wales. I had an amazing family and absolutely nothing to do. And ironically, considering my role today, I did not love school at all. My attendance record left a lot to be desired, but my dad was a serial entrepreneur so I had the opportunity to work from really really young and I loved it I loved the opportunity untapped for me I love it gave me money I loved that it got me out the house I loved the people I met the stories I got to tell afterwards and that was a consistent has been a consistent thing for me and actually what I identify now as a grown-up is that I learned that's where I learned everything that's where I got the experience not in that that formal education But I did go to university, I did an advertising degree, and then I had a really varied career in advertising, marketing, consulting. And when I joined Salesforce, I did that because I'd been a customer before. And I had watched the power of having a really fantastic technology, creating an environment that meant that everybody could be successful, whatever background you came from. And it's something I can talk forever about in terms of the lack of diversity and equity of, of opportunity but what the technology did was was unlocked that and I made an absolute concerted effort that I'm going to join Salesforce I had just completely drank all of the Kool-Aid fell in love with with the company and wanted to move out of what was a very low margin industry in food and drink which I was in before into to tech which was hyper growth and really exciting and I eventually did but it took me an awful long time it took me six months tons of interviews and my very arrogant bubble was burst that I was just going to walk into a a job like that and I definitely carried that with me I wanted to think how do I make sure that the talent I've met in my previous career like some of the best sellers I've ever worked with would never get a foot in the door in these highly paid industries of tech and, and finance how do I make sure I can make an impact on that so I joined as a sales leader which I loved and it gave me the opportunity to really work on the, the cold face with some incredible people but I always knew I wanted to get into the learning development space and, and change what talent looks like in tech. And 
I've had the opportunity to do that since 2000 and it's fantastic. I've got, I'm very, very privileged to sit in this seat. And just taking a step back, because I know we've spoken about this previously, you set up a cash and carry, is that right? And you used Salesforce as part of that business. I did. I did. So my best friend always loves to say that I'm the coolest greengrocer she's ever known. But I set up in, on Croydon on the Pearly Way, if anyone knows it, we set up this cash and carry, which competed with some of the biggest brands in the cash and carry world. And we were, I worked for a company called Breaks, which was owned by um, Bain um, Capital at the time. So big venture capitalist investment. Um, in this setup of this shop window to this very big B2B brand, which was great. So we set up this store, multi-million pound investment, and it was all so shiny. It was fantastic. It was great to be part of it. I was brought in as a consultant and then eventually moved over from the agency I've been working in. And we made, it was the best learning curve I've ever had in my career. I mean, the last few years has been amazing too, but this was, it was actually only nine months, but it was incredible. Like we went in, and we'd done ever so many mistakes. We'd hired our best salespeople from breaks who had been people who'd sold to these nice shiny hotel groups and big food brands and then expected them to walk into to cash and to, to small independent restaurants on the streets of Croydon and get people to buy from them and it just did not work. So we had to completely rethink what that strategy looked like. We sent those people back to head office and we hired people from those shops and I always talk about a, a guy called Mo who was an amazing human and he came into the cash and carry every week and he just kept saying to us you're doing this wrong everything's priced wrong you've got the right the wrong products and we we're like okay great Mo if you think you're so great come over and work for us and Mo had no traditional sales experience but because he had those innate human skills the ability to communicate build relationships be compassionate to be kind to do great discovery because he could do those things and then he had the bedrock of a really great technology and Salesforce underneath him, he was magical. Like we just turned the store around. He ended up managing a, a great group of salespeople. And I was actually looking him up the other day after you and I had had the conversation and he's gone on to do amazing things and we unlocked that opportunity. And that was a combination of just the luck of the opportunity was there, but also the technology really helped that. And, and I just thought, imagine if we could be unlocking all this opportunity for everyone and making people's lives better in their work so that they can go on and do great things and be great parents and great friends when they're at home because they're having this great time at work and Salesforce can truly do that. It sounds really inspiring as well to think that that is your focus as well when you're thinking about how you develop your own people and how do you encourage people from diverse backgrounds to move into different roles or develop themselves within roles. Is that really a focus for you and what you do? Oh my goodness, completely. And I, like I said, I've had a really varied career, but I think three things I've always seen. Number one is humans have a ton of untapped talent, a ton of it. We have a tendency to underestimate ourselves and underestimate other people. So there's huge power in people that we don't always get the most of. Secondly, we are best when we're slightly out of our comfort zone. We're best under pressure. We're human organisms, we want to grow, so we need to have that pressure to help us do more. The trick is to create an environment that's safe for those people to make risks. So if they do trip over, it's okay, they can get up, brush them off, and they can keep doing that challenge. So how do we create environments where they can grow? And then the third thing is opportunity just isn't equally distributed. Talent is, and that's really sad, and that's a consistent thing. So that's something I really try to bring into our work and instill 
in my own team, but also I've got a huge and amazing opportunity to get that out to the bigger organisation as well. Mm. How do you create those safe environments for people then? What does that mean for, for you or what does that mean for Salesforce? So I think a huge part of that is great leadership and core leadership skills. And it starts with leaders themselves being vulnerable and authentic and open and, and showing themselves that they make mistakes as well. And I think we say that a lot. We talk a lot about authentic leadership, vulnerable leadership, but it takes an immense amount of courage to be vulnerable and authentic, particularly the higher you get in the business. I, I listened to a great speaker last week who was from Harvard Business School, and he said, everyone says you're scared of change, but I've never heard of anybody handing back a lottery ticket. People aren't scared of change, they're scared of loss. And the higher you develop in a business, the higher you become as a manager, the greater that loss is, the greater that fall is. So it's very, it's a big ask to ask leaders, particularly as you get more senior, to be vulnerable and authentic. But it is an absolute must if we create that environment where people feel like they can grow, they can, they can fail fast and make risks. So I think that's, that's, a, that's a huge part of it, lead by example in that space. I also believe that you need to create an environment, a physical environment around you where you can do this. And I'm going to tell you, I want to talk about my daughter a little bit because there's a very cool story that you see from kids when, when they're learning and growing. But you really do need to create a soft environment. And that is like things like what's the technology look like? What do the processes look like? What does the governance look like? So when somebody does take a, take a risk and makes some mistakes and tries a new project, that you celebrate that. You share it. You go, okay, we've got a governance where we have a weekly share. What did you learn about yourself this week? So you just create structure around it. Leadership alone isn't enough. So I think there are three things that will continue to be important. Am I in a job where I am doing work that stretches me and I'm growing? Do I have leaders that support me to make those risks and to grow? And do I have the right environment to protect the governance and the people, like the people around my friends, my peers, that make that successful? And then I think that's a, a good, some good things to do to get us in that place. Lots of things to dig into there. I think that the thing you said there about reflection on what did I learn about myself this week is a really interesting way of looking at development. Because a lot of the time, I think that type of question would be, what did I learn generally this week or this month? about this maybe the projects that you're working on or the work that you're doing not necessarily framed in the way it bring you into focus and what did you learn about yourself which is really interesting yes it's so true and I also find myself I'm great at waxing lyrical and telling everyone else to do this but am I truly doing that myself do I truly reflect on on what I've learned and we actually it's interesting we had a we had a big team like a big staff call or town hall all of our team together a few weeks ago and we know that we're going to be going into a very busy part of our year the busiest part of our year as we prep for kickoff for next year and we all wrote down three lines and at the top it just said I am growing and it gave us a template and we said we encourage you to write this down and then fill it in over the next few weeks but say I have these new skills. These are the new skills. I have have these new experiences, these new experiences, and I have these new connections. How are you saying this is is about me and taking accountability for my growth and knowing however hard it feels today, however crappy my job is, that I'm growing in this environment. And, And so great leaders just need to create a space for that. It's about us as individuals leaning into it. I love that. And then the step after that is, you know, once you've done that self-reflection is then being able to say, well, how 
how have I then supported other people along that journey as well? Or how can I empower people or share my connections or share my skills? And that kind of keeps it going, doesn't it? Yeah, we have an absolute duty to share knowledge and money. That's what, how the world goes round. And I think that's something that we definitely, we all need to do. And I believe that the people that we touch as leaders or as friends or as teammates, that's your legacy. They're the things you leave on the world and the earth are those connections that you make. And you hope like, the conversations that you and I have had, I've repeated those conversations and people have learned from that. And it's a, this beautiful network of learning from each other and, and passing that on. It's how we learn as humans at the end of the day, isn't it? It's all about that kind of social connection, social learning sharing of knowledge sharing of ideas and ultimately within a business hopefully sharing of skills as well uh, totally and the question then comes for us as learning professionals is how do you create that in a structure so it becomes systemic how do you do that so how do you give space for that organic learning from each other in a structure that makes sense that we don't take away from that opportunity by overdoing processes or mandating work or whatever that might be I think that puts there's a responsibility in us as people in the profession to create space and structure around that and you've spoken about work previously as a playground for growth and I can hear some of that coming across in some of the examples that you've already shared but I really like that kind of the playful almost joyful type of approach that 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 kind of brings up for me when I hear that playground of growth but what does it actually mean for you and for Salesforce. I worry that it's just because of the time of my life. <laughs> I spend a lot of time in playgrounds. I have a four-year-old, almost five-year-old, and a one-and-a-half-year-old, and I spend a lot of time on swings. But I do think you watch incredible things happen with your children in playgrounds because they they're truly learning and growing in that space. My daughter Olive is um, she's five on Monday. She's amazing, and we've been going to this park. This one park for the last three years, they're like all the time. And there's these monkey bars there and she has wanted to do them for ages, but they've always just been out of reach. In the last few months, they, she's realized that she's going to be able to get there. And the process of watching her learn to do the monkey bars has been incredible because I'm so proud of her because she's fallen off so many times. Rain or shine, she wants to go there. She's just had the grit to go, despite the fact I'm saying, please don't make me go to the park. She makes me go to the park continuously and she's and she's every day she's improving she's stretching herself to be able to do it and on reflection that is what work should feel like that individuals are personally stretching themselves to achieve in the impact that they're meant to make the purpose that they've got her purpose was to get to the end of that monkey bars and go back again which is now achieved after six months of trying bless her um and she wanted she was driven by doing that and the environment around her was great because she had a responsible adult in me that could make sure if she did fall off, I could brush her off and tell her to get back up again and that she could do it. She had the right equipment in terms of the, the playground. She could land on a soft ground. She had her friends there who were doing it before her. So she was chasing after them. That's what work needs to feel like. How do we create that environment where we all have a very clear purpose in the, the work that we're doing? And then you strive for towards it because you've got the best environment around you. And that's what I think playground 
for growth means for me. I love that. And do you think, therefore, that if there wasn't that kind of those safety nets, that environment, that there wouldn't have been as much resilience in trying again, failing, trying again? So the the environment actually kind of spurs on that willingness to get up and, and keep going? Or is that kind of maybe an innate quality that is, you know, a byproduct of that? I don't know. I think it's both. I think it's a really brilliant question. I think it's as individuals, you've got to find that inner strength because sometimes you're not going to always have that safety net around you. I think we also have a responsibility as businesses to make sure that we're not going against it, that we're not adding danger that doesn't need to be there. But I do believe you there is a very thin line between creating too much security and having enough so that people feel like it's okay to make mistakes. And I think a lot of that is about you as individuals. How do you build resilience in people as individuals that they've got that inner strength and belief? We talk a lot about how we've had a really turbulent year in in tech in many industries, but there's been huge layoffs. We talk about the fact that more than 100,000 people in technology were laid off in the last 12 months. That shook the industry. And the concept of job security, which everyone believes they had, went away. The truth was that was really never there. Job security is not something we should all really ever really lean on because things change around us. What we need to start thinking about is the concept of career security. How do I know that I'm leaning into my environment right now that I'm learning that means I am secure for the future? Even if this project, this job, this work lasts a week or three months or six months, I've leaned into this and I'm making career making moments where I've learned something that I can learn for the future. And I think that mindset of resilience that yes if I fall my business has me my team has me my leader has me I'm going to be okay but also I know that I'm getting stronger so I can move forward in this and I've got career security for the future. Mm, Career security is really interesting particularly and I was wondering whether we'd get through an episode without talking about artificial intelligence but with the influx of new technology like AI coming into the market where people are very kind of wary of how is this going to impact my job and what I do, career security is an interesting thing to think about and and maybe how you then shape what your career looks like based on that new tech coming in and saying, actually, I need to pivot or I need to learn new skills because otherwise my roles maybe not be here. But how do I embrace that? So that there's an element of security around everything I've learned up to this point and where I'm headed in the future. Completely. Like we could talk about AI and the future of work for a good 30 minutes without talking about anything else. It's a very, very interesting topic. And I personally kind of go between fear and excitement on a daily basis or on an hourly basis in terms of what it means for all of us and our, our children and, and the you know, the people that come after us. There's been some amazing studies around what skills of the future look like. And where I have tons of hope around this is that they are the most human skills of compassion, communication, critical thinking, kindness. I want them all to be seized, but that's a kick and curse thing. That doesn't quite work. But all of those things are all things we need to, to lean into and we will need to lean into for the future. I actually also believe we need to lean into them now. We need to be being very compassionate, very good at communicating the narrative, have critical thinking around what we do with technology and make sure that the right humans, the humans that care about humanity, are making the decisions on what happens for the future. And the great thing is we're going to have to, those are the skills that are going to make us worthy and work in the future. Because the stuff that computers can do, a ton of people don't love doing anyway. 
So how do we do the stuff that we can truly lean into and enjoy? So I think there is something in, I think skills based organizations in the future. I think we really, really need to think about skills rather than jobs. I think all of us are going to go crazy if we try and define what the jobs are for the future because we just don't know. So how do we lean into skills and have the capacity to learn those new skills and the agility to say, that thing I thought was interesting six months ago isn't interesting anymore, but I'm excited to learn something new. I've got the capacity to learn more. And as we look, I'm hopeful I'm really hopeful that there's going to be great opportunity and we can be more human in both what we do for, for us as Salesforce, both as we work as an organization, but how our customers work. Imagine huge contact centers that use our product are spending more time helping their customers give a better customer service, have a better customer relationship rather than having to, to work with the data. That's amazing. It's an amazing opportunity. And, I, and we've, we've got a real opportunity to lean into that. I do think as we look at this the mindsets that are going to be good for the future it's the true concept of a growth mindset am i willing to unlearn everything i've known before relearn have i got the capacity to take on new information and i can i let go of my ego and have the courage to say what i thought was good before isn't good anymore it's reminded me of the example you gave earlier at the beginning of the conversation around mo and him coming into that business with all those amazing human skills and human like the communication and knowing how to tailor what he was saying to certain audiences and kind of yeah leaning into that very human skill without necessarily the technical knowledge as well to flourish and maybe that's where we're returning back to in the future is that real human basic human connection human needs human skills and how we kind of embrace those for the for the future of work i, I totally agree like we need more modes and also he had so much courage to lean into that as well and it's it's going to take a ton of ton of courage and working with each other like having each other's back like true human stuff not just us as individuals but how do we interact with the tribe around us and make sure we look after them we're going to have to do a lot of that as we go through this this change i i also believe there is a ton of risk that we would be silly to to dismiss so there is a there's high risk of bias. My, I talk a lot about diversity in work, particularly in, in tech. And there is a very real risk that AI is going to make that worse because there is intrinsic bias in the data. I listened to something the other day that said that GPT is bullshit because if you think about the definition of bullshit, it means it's got a complete disregard for the truth. And that is what generative AI does right now. It just reads what it can read. and Unfortunately, the information out there is is not very equitable. Mm, but yeah, the bias in in AI is definitely a focus point. I think for people in terms of that risk, along with the ethics of data as well, and how data is drawn into these things as well. But yeah, I think that bias is really interesting, particularly in the tech space, which we already know has potentially a problem with diversity and diverse hiring and like that kind of environment is not already as inclusive as it could be. So bringing those technologies in that then have an inherent bias in them already, how is that relationship going to implode or, I don't know, magnified or I don't know what will happen. But yeah, it's a really interesting tension, I think. It's a really interesting tension and it's going to take some very brave and compassionate humans in the loop who are able to make those decisions and make sure that we're not doing to ask those questions, have that critical thinking. And it comes back to what are these skills of the future? What is our role in this? 
and it's to, to check that we're going in the right direction. Um, I'm really proud to work for a company that really is leading with trust when it comes to AI. I think it's something we have to be really cognizant of. Um, but again, I'm going to stay hopeful. And I think it's going to take people like you, like me, like many people we speak to who really care about this stuff, speaking out and saying when it's not okay. If we see it, say it. I think there's something interesting in the fact that these skills that we speak about are skills of the future in terms of communication, kindness, curiosity, things like that, that we know that from conversations or observations with customers we work with, certainly that they're the things that people actually really struggle with how to develop and how to upskill and how to strengthen those strengths if you already have them or or, um, plug gaps if you don't. And how if they are the most important thing, well, some of the most important things to be thinking about, we really need to get better at understanding how to increase people's skills in those areas and and serve people better from that human skills perspective, where I think at the moment there's a tendency to be focusing on those technical skills and like what, you know, we need more data literacy or need more knowledge of AI. But actually, like that potentially is a lot easier to upskill people on. What are your thoughts on that? I had this great conversation, I was with Pearsons yesterday and I was talking to them about this exact point. The challenge we've got in those technical, hard and inverted commas skills is that you can measure them and we all work for businesses and we need to measure. And I am very, very strongly believe as learning development organisations, we have to measure and justify the work we're doing. How do we do that with these human, more soft skills? And that continues to be a challenge. I actually think AI is going to give us an opportunity to do more around that. So if we can create some really good benchmarks and look at what change is. Some wise people say that soft skills are just hard skills without context. So how do we create that context so that we can we can measure those things? I think measurement is, is a really critical part of it. I also think the way we learn, I've talked about this right at the beginning, like formal education for me never worked. It still doesn't work. It's not my preference. And But learning on the job and from other people, hugely successful. So how do we create that environment we um have really really focused on that this year creating um communities of people who are the best of the best in our team and letting helping them to teach other people within the team so how do you create environments with form circles where people can learn from each other and it's definitely those more human skills that they're learning in that space um so things like how do you communicate to a customer when this environment's happening but it's all about context so communication skills in general don't work but communication skills when you're at stage four in a stage of an eight stage cycle and you're having these sorts of, you know, challenging conversations. How have you heard people do that in the past and they, they role play with each other about how that could go? And there is that human interaction and then doing it again and again and again um, is, is, is really, really important. I also think AI can give us the opportunity to check those more human skills, communication being an important one. Like, call recording and the call analysis is you know in our everyday now so how do we make sure we're giving real coaching to those skills in the moment in the way of work um is is something that we we need to do more of what i'm not convinced of is that it's going to be hard because traditional learning so online learning which you can do at scale is probably not the place where you can teach those human skills that are going to become so quick yeah and and that those kind of circles is it that you call them sound really kind of interesting because it it sounds like it's that face to face or or digitally created environments where people share and and again it comes back to that social learning aspect of what can you learn from others and and then making it 
specific to, well, this is the situation and context that I'm in right now, and these are the skills that I need. And that is often something that I think is overlooked in people's broad approach to, to skills like that. Yeah. And I think I completely agree. And, I, and we haven't, we're not perfect, but we've made some really good progress in that space and gone back to live learning in person, in real life learning. It takes more money. It takes more people. And, and I think it would be unfair for me to say it's been easy because it hasn't, but it's made a huge difference. And we've been able to see that in our data because we've got very intelligent ways of measuring our programming. We can see that it, it really works. And I really would encourage people when we talk about those human skills, how do you bring that into training where you can measure the impact and justify the investment you're going to have to make in the future? Absolutely, I completely agree. And that leads me on to a really interesting question, probably as we head to wrapping up, is this, again, I'm going to use the word tension between kind of people and learning within organisations, because we've spoken quite a lot about people and the, and the environments that they're in and the skills that they might need and then kind of learning as something that they do from others or in certain situations what's your take on that tension we're human beings we need to really lean into the the human skills of that the human needs that we have and i'll go back to that i i was listening to the chro for standard life talk about how they're looking at training and they did a ton of studies that said um, they, it's not just comp and promotion that drives people to stay and to, to work hard and to have an impact. It's growth. It's doing something different. So we have got to, if that doing something different looks like a gig style economy where you're doing a piece of work and you need to be upskilled in that learning is critical, but it's critical in the context of you and your person who's growing. So we've all got to, learning has never been more important than it is today. People's growth has never been more important. Their ability to have a growth mindset has never been more important. What we as learning professionals have got to think about is how do we truly embed that in an environment is, that's right for them, that's hyper-personalized, hyper-contextual, really is looking at in the way of work. So it's, it's not going to go away. And we have a very, very critical role. But we can't stand in the sidelines and tell people to come to us, we've got to go to them teach them that i love that what a great way to wrap up thank you jane it's been such a great conversation i think we could probably continue talking for hours but really appreciate your insights and, and for sharing so openly i've loved it thanks so much speak soon thank you this podcast is powered by thrive we're a complete learning and skills platform creating modern learning solutions for modern businesses globally check us out